Well, good morning. How are we doing? Good. It's good that we're here. It really is, because we're, we're receiving these gifts that God gives to us as we, we gather here. We're receiving them in His sacrament. We're receiving them in His Word and in His love. Now, today we continue this Easy Commands teaching series, as Chad said, looking at the fifth commandment. You shall not murder. Would you pray with me? Murder. That's right. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you for Anders and his just love for you and his joy and celebration and helping us understand, Lord, what we're not supposed to do. But it seems so easy, Lord, what this commandment means, but there's so much depth to it. So we pray now that you send your Holy Spirit upon this place, that my words may be your words, um, and that the words that are spoken here may resonate in our hearts and our minds, and we may learn of your grace and mercy and forgiveness, and how we then are to follow you and this easy command. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you shall not murder, so that, that just means, all right, I'm not going to knock anybody off today, right? That, that sounds, sounds pretty good, but, but the thing is, is, is this. This commandment means that we respect and love God. And because we respect and love God, we should not hurt or harm our neighbor. But support them in every physical need. God created us for a purpose. To love him and to love others. He created us to care for other people. Plain and simple. And we care for them by helping them in their times of need. So, to follow this easy command means that we do not murder. Right? It means we don't knock anybody off. That, that's part of it. But it also means that we do not do or say things that injure or endanger another person's life. It means that we do not neglect to assist people in bodily need. And, one more, it means that we do not harbor anger or hatred in our hearts against our neighbors. You see, this is where we struggle with this easy command. And we're not alone. Since the fall of man, God's people have failed here. Just a quick look into the biblical failings of this command. We can go to Genesis 37. And the story of Joseph. And that amazing technicolor dream coat. And there in Genesis 37, picking up about verse 33, you've got Joseph's brothers... They didn't like Joseph, right? So, so what did they, they do? They brought hurt and harm to their brother. They took off his coat and they ripped it. And they, they covered it in blood to make it look like he was dead. And then while they did that, they picked Joseph up and threw him in a hole until they found someone to sell him to so they could make a little money on the whole thing. And then they went back home and told their dad, Jacob, what? 
Joseph was dead. And then when Jacob heard this, what did he do? He tore his own clothes. And he mourned the loss of his son. And, and scripture tells us that he could not be comforted. So not only did Joseph's brothers endanger Joseph's life, but they also went back and told their dad a huge lie, which now endangered his life. He could not be comforted. And so while they did not take the life of their brother, they did harm to his life. And by doing this, they made the life of their father bitter and hard by their wickedness. Do you see, friends, how we fail to keep this command here? What you and I say to and around other people matters. Let me say that again. What you say to and around other people matters. The way you act towards other people matters. While you may think it's harmless, or you say, I'm just joking, it may not be received in that way on their end. And, and so while what you have done may not be taking that person's life, Guess what? You still could have caused harm to them. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 4, he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Along with all malice, along with all the intent to do evil, put it all away. Instead, be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted to one another. And forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's so important, right? As God in Christ forgave you. Friend, you know this. Forgiveness is yours. It's mine from God through Christ. Forgiveness is ours for all those times that we've broken this easy command. Now let's keep that in mind as we continue to see our failures to obey God's command by harboring anger or hatred in our hearts against other people. There it is. Harboring anger in our hearts. Hatred in our hearts towards other people. Now, before we go any further, take just a moment and think about this. We've done it. I've done it. You've done it. We're all probably doing it right now. When you harbor anger or hatred in your heart against anyone, you are a murderer. You break the fifth commandment. And so do I. But it's not just Pastor Scott up here saying this. Listen to what God's Word says. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. 
First John chapter 3, verse 15 says this. Anyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. And then just for good measure, let's find what Jesus has to say. So John says there in 1 John 3, 15, anyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. Now Jesus says back in Matthew 5, 21 and 22, he says this, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But Jesus says here, I say if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot or if you insult them, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Do you feel that like I did? The constant whack, 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 whack. Of our faces getting slapped back and forth, back and forth. Brutal. Scary. We might not have killed anyone, but if we hate someone, if we harbor anger, if we curse, if we insult anyone, then we are guilty. So what are we supposed to do? Right? Because we know we're all guilty as we sit here. We know we're all guilty, so what do we do? We confess, we forgive, and we then love. And then we hit repeat. We confess, we forgive, and love. Again, and again, and again. We confess, forgive, and love, and we love because he first loved us. 1 John 4, right? That's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. 1 John chapter 4. I've got your Bible. I invite you to join me there. 1 John chapter 4, beginning with verse 16. This is what it says. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So we know, I believe almost all of us here know how much God loves us. How do we know this? By how far he extended his arms, right? We know how much God loves us through his son Jesus, whom he gave to die on the cross. And we, as believers, as Christians, as followers of him, put our trust in him and his love. So we cling to him, we cling to this love that he has for us, and this love that lives in us. Brought to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we know this. We know that God lives in us. And, and as we live in us, as he lives in us, and we live in his love, look at verse 17. As we live in his love, our love grows more perfect. Our love grows more perfect. Because God's love for us in Jesus has a purpose. 
And that is that his love for us would grow, that we would believe so strongly in his love for us that we have no fear of eternal punishment. That we have no fear of all the times that we have broken this commandment. Because God poured out all his wrath due to us on who? Jesus. And what do we just see? Jesus' love is perfect. This is what we need to remind ourselves of day in and day out as we stare in the face of failure at keeping this commandment and all those other easy commands as well. God loves us through Jesus immeasurably. And so then, because we rest in this perfect love, we love others. Because we rest in this perfect love, in his perfect love, we love others. Look there at 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. It's right there. We love, the only way we can love is because he first loved us from God, through Christ, to us, and then out to others. We love. But then God throws in verse 20 that that adds another element to this teaching. He says, if someone says, I love God, but hates his brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? We love because God first loved us. So that means if we say we love God, we are to love one another. We are to love our neighbors. You see, it's easy to say that we love God when that love doesn't cost us any more than an hour on a Sunday morning. It's easy to say that we love God when that love doesn't cost us any more than an hour at church on a Sunday morning. But really the test comes when we show our love for God by how we treat those people right in front of us. How we treat our family members, our neighbors, our fellow church members, our co-workers. The real test comes when, when, when we have an opportunity to to love those people who are different than us or think different than us or look different than us. So the question I've had to ask this week is, is can we truly love God while we neglect to love those around us who are created in his image? Can we truly love God while we neglect to love those around us who are also created in his image? And God's answer is, no, we can't, right? We, we can't do it. And so, we confess. <laughs> we forgive. We love. And then we repeat. We confess. We forgive and love. Again and again and again. Remembering that we love because he first loved us. And then you got verse 21. 
Look at what it says here in verse 21. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. God gave this as a command. Those who love God must also love their brothers and sisters. Period. And so this means that we who know this, we who are growing in this, need to come to the aid of our neighbors. We need to speak in a way that helps and defends them and treats them with kindness and compassion, even if we don't agree with who they are or what they're doing. A biblical example you'd like? Sure, why not? She'll just read it for us, right? Luke 10. We pick up the story of the, of the priest and the, the Levite that, that passed by this, this man, this, this fellow Jew who had been beaten and robbed and left for dead on the side of the road. They, they just walk right by him. They don't see him like, like nothing's happened. And then yet this Samaritan, who should have nothing to do with this person, quote unquote, came to care for him. The Samaritan was someone who didn't care what others thought. All he cared about was showing compassion and love and care for his neighbor. Luke 10, 33 says this, A Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And then Jesus says, you go and what? Do likewise. That's what Jesus says here. That's what keeping this easy command is about. Go and do likewise. Go and show mercy. Go and love others. Why? Because God loves you. God loves me. And so we should daily be striving to be merciful, kind, and forgiving towards our neighbor. Those that live on the other side of the streets or walk on the other side of the aisle. We're not going to do it perfectly because we haven't up to this point and we're going to continue to roll into this whole thing where we're going to make mistakes. And, and we're going to continue to get on people's last nerves. <laughs> and, and people are going to continue to get on our last nerves from time to time. And that's what makes this commandment so hard to keep. And then there are those times where we fail miserably and we sh don't show kindness and we don't show mercy. So what do we do? Confess, forgive, and then love. And then repeat. All the while remembering that we love. Why? Because he first loved us. There's so much to this you shall not murder. <laughs> Easy command. And so now, 
as we leave, as we strive each day to live out this easy command, a, a little bit better, a little bit more than the day before, as, as followers of Jesus, let's not forget. We cannot forget that he loved us first. We cannot forget that Jesus became the good Samaritan for us. We cannot forget that he laid down his life, that he befriended us while we were his enemies. And yet, he gave us full life and restoration from all those things. So knowing this truth, we go forward. Not by ourselves. We go forward together. We go forward with the help of the Holy Spirit, being kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you and me. We go and share God's love with our neighbors because we're different. We're not like the rest of the world. We know, we believe that because God loves us, we have been set apart by him to not hate, to not harm others, but rather to care for, to show mercy to, to forgive, and to love all his children. No matter what others around us think, say, or do. For we are different because we know we love because God first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.